Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, uh, joined by the regular crew, gents, Chris, Kurt. How you doing? Ready to kick off another instance of this culture war? Yes, no, I'm the, not. <laughs> I'm ready to take a small break in the middle of our culture wars. <laughs> culture skirmish I'm, ver- and I'm very tired. I'm very tired right now. I'd like to have a bit of a nap. Um... Well, no, no, I'm sorry. That's not that's not happening, Kurt. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I am not as permissive as the culture in this regard. This is <laughs> podcast culture. <laughs> we got the arbitrary. You're not the. Uh, and I am not arbitrary at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah, so today uh, we are going to be discussing. Uh, this is a novella, right? If I'm not not mistaken, mm-hmm. yes, indeed it um, is. Uh, in included in the, <laughs> we're going to be reading the uh, titular uh, novella in the State of the Art Collection mm-hmm. um, by Ian M. Banks, not Ian Banks, although the same guy, different content. Yes, it, it, interestingly enough, uh, this collection contains. Uh, stories written under the the Ian Banks name, mm-hmm. uh, so it's the the only time where those types of stories were published under the hmm. Ian M Banks. Interesting. Name. Uh, I'm just also in my head thinking how the twins in Hot Fuzz resolved that one. Did they just tear it in half like <laughs> King Solomon? <laughs> Well, uh, apparently, State of the Art was originally published as a standalone book in mm-hmm. the late in the late eighties. Um, but like th- this this collection, by the way, uh, came out like a year or two after Player of Games. Um, I see. And and I want to say that State of the Art was written. Seems like it was written right around the same time as Player of Games. So in the in you know so, sometime in the in the mid to late eighties. Hmm. Well, uh, it's funny because it's it's a very um, you uh, obviously you had suggested this, Kurt. Uh, and one of the things that I took away apart from it's it's got a very, um, very good sense of time. Mm, yes. Um, especially in that like late 80s like 88 89 leading into the 90s type of feeling to it well, with things it, it, things it are starting to change it technically like, takes place in 1977 um mm. the 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 story they they specifically say it's in it's in 1977 earth time you're you're right but but i i do feel like the tone itself is is weirdly oh, optimistic. T- totally totally mm. it feels it's very um it's very uh, uh, Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think he was special circumstance? 
I feel like it's Bateman. It's, it seems plausible to me. Well, I mean, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you never know. Have you if, heard this great earth band, Huey Lewis and the News? I mean, band. <laughs> Do you like, per, perhaps I, perhaps the behind the mask, there is a, a Patrick Bateman I, that works I actually, for special yeah. circumstances. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I, I did specifically think about. Um, Patrick Bateman talking constantly about music with how uh, how the ship is constantly like, listen to this band, listen to this band. <laughs> <laughs> but but the other thing that struck me, um, just, just to get it out uh, before I forget, is that this felt, not that I've had that feeling, because I have never experienced it myself, but it, this felt the way I imagine being like going out on holiday with a bunch of people and staying at a hostel or something like yeah. that would feel like. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. It reminded me in a lot of ways of um, like the first and second Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books, just just hmm. with like a much more literary bent. But like mm -hmm. a lot of the a lot of the kind of sense of humor is a little bit less wacky, but it's got, it's, I don't know, it's got some tonal similarities. Mm -hmm. I would say this is probably the funniest sustained piece in the culture setting that I have read so far. Mm -hmm. um, it, like, I feel like, I, I feel like most of the culture novels I've read have some sequence that, that feels of a piece with this. Like, I feel like you can kind of tell that this was written around the same time as Player of Games. Um, because there's there, there's aspects of it where it it feels like um, Gerga on uh, I've I've already forgotten the name of the fucking planet Ia. Um, uh, it f f feels like the the part where uh, Dizzy at Sma goes to New York City feels feels very similar in a lot of ways to when Gerga gets to Ia. Um, and there's there's some some like some like philosophical questions about like what does it mean to to have the you know to have the capability to fail like is it is it bad when you can't fail et cetera et cetera feel feel somewhat similar yeah I mean it definitely feels like he he's still exploring this the you know the whole culture setting and and then using like with um Ia and with uh, this story in particular he's using it as a as a you know lens to view earth or you know our society through whereas like it feels like other later books it, that kind of falls away a little bit and he kind of just starts telling stories within mm -hmm. the culture itself rather than just um always trying to re refract our, our our world well i i i'm going to go out on a limb because obviously I've only read this in, in Player of Games so far. <laughs> you have you have done the boss baby to yourself. I, maybe I have actually because I said this feels just like Player of Games. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, I, I'm going to say that I I would I would imagine that uh, Banks probably continues um, sort of essentially splitting, you know, current uh, sort of like. I suppose ideologies in you know on Earth, like in present time for him, mm. uh, and, and posing them as problems that the culture runs up against. I, I, mean, I it's, would it's, say yes. I'm sorry. Go no. Ahead. no, 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 no. Continue, please. Sorry. I, I mean, I, I think that so. So, I think Banks, from what, the little I've read so far. Uh, is probably smarter than just doing a simple transposition. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously he is talking about like, you know, the, because I mean, this, this entire novella is about the, like, again, this time the, the main character is not th- the weirdo that needs to be away from the culture. They're on a mission to recover someone who has sort of really, really, uh, sort of gone native, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and was sent to Earth because the, this is actually contact. And I, I suppose we should just, I mean, that, that's sort of the, the main thrust of the entire novella. It's, it's trying to figure out why the uh, Linter, who is the contact um, person who has been assigned Earth, uh, has decided that he, he doesn't want to come back to the culture. Mm. So I think... To, to quibble over a little detail, I think that Linter arrives at the same time as all of them. So I, I think the, he, he hasn't been assigned to Earth any more than the rest of them. I, I think that that the ship shows up with kind of like its its contact crew and they're like, OK, all of you go down and they send, you know, they have like 200 people on uh, on the ship and they send them all down at various times. Um, Linter and Dizziet get sent down. She gets put down in London. He goes to Paris. Um, and they just gradually hear less and less uh, from him. And then by the time that that the novella kind of picks up in more or less real time. Yeah, he's he's kind of dropped off the map. And and the ship is like, hey, can you without saying why? Can you go check on this guy? So I, I don't think he's he's been assigned to Earth, but. I think mm-hmm. they are the crew that that has been assigned to Earth for yeah. you know some kind of like assessment period basically. Well, yeah, yeah, the, that that becomes a, a a sort of a turning point later on. But yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, oh, and and to your previous right. point, um, what I would say is I think that this and Player of Games are the most on the nose by a a long shot about addressing our world. And the it, but like most of the your the the books do continue to touch upon contemporary issues, but much 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 more abstractly to the point that I think mm-hmm. you would need to really uh, like I, I think you need to really think about what is being commented upon. It's not it's not called out nearly as much as it is in this and player of games. So for instance, like uh. The last book, Hydrogen Sonata, is is basically about like what happens to societies that are ready to to leave our universe. They've reached a level where they're ready to depart the the universe, and it has yeah. a lot of questions. I think about and like end of life, like what is your legacy? Like uh, you can you can touch on. It's got a lot of stuff about aging. Um, there's, there's other books where it's very much about like religious wars, but in terms of tying it to like, this is a, like, we are now addressing you earthling. I I would say that nothing else in the series reaches even half of, of the level of these. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more likely that he, he got, he got his need to be very plain about it out of his system and then was like, okay, now, now. I've said my piece in in a book in a bit. Now for some space stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I'm also going by this the basic maxim that uh, you know banks 
wanted to tell space stories, but also a lot of the stuff that he is going to talk about or is or his anxieties that are uh, that, that may appear Indeed. on the page are going to be the ones that that show up you know for him and his time right not not that like i i don't think that <laughs> this makes it sound like he he wrote this 200 years ago or something like that <laughs> <laughs> pretty you said we have, we, now remember we have to put it into its cultural context at the time <laughs> yeah you know uh as slow uh mournful banjo music and ken burns directs uh <laughs> well, <laughs> letters from the culture <laughs> you know you say that by by the way but i believe that this actually uh it is the 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 present modern day severian uh, uh of of uh, dizzy and sma is writing 150 years in the future from 1977 i it's, believe no, she says. yeah 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 so uh we 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 learned that at the at the very end although it's hinted i, I think that in, she alludes in, to it at the beginning. She she kind of says like over a century ago or something to that effect. Yeah. Well, and also we get the the footnotes from the drone throughout the uh, throughout the. <laughs> and that the, is how I stumbled backwards into being the <laughs> the autark of Earth. <laughs> well, no, I, I also found it interesting because this is more or less the same sort of. Um, uh, tease and reveal that he de- he does at the end of player games, right? Where he mm-hmm. he actually has a a a little um coda or epilogue or what have you at the end, where it is in fact the drone who's been providing these footnotes, um, you know, d- d- directly addressing the 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 reader. It, well, it's well, great. Yeah, I I love the footnotes, by the way. But anyway, Ooh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I I interrupted your explanation of what the thrust of, uh, of the story was. I think. I mean, I, I I think that that's it, right? They're they're yeah. they're they're trying to retrieve Linter, who has gone native, and a lot of it is. I feel like Diziet, uh trying to f- figure out what she's supposed to do in this case because uh, she, she's not really given a lot of instruction. Uh, the arbitrary the 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 ship is. Uh, very coy, like you said initially, and does not really try to give, like, push her in any particular direction. Uh, possibly in part because the ship doesn't want to sort of like um, create like a self fulfilling prophecy where it, you know, it, it uh, dizzy. It sounds like she's basically mouthing the words or whatever the ship wants Linter to do. Yeah. Well, they also specify, or, or uh, Dizziet also specifies that. Uh, I, so I, I would say actually that the 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 real big question is not how do they get Linter back because if we believe the arbitrary, which I think we kind of can, mostly, then it's fine with him staying, even though it's a bit of a pain in the ass. Although it thinks it's a terrible idea because it mm. never says. I need you to get him back, right. as you alluded to. It never even says we need him to come back. It's kind of it's it as as you say. It kind of just gives her these vague like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" Um, but but I would say the bigger <laughs> when, question is do is is does the con do, does the culture contact Earth, or does it leave Earth alone and just kind of see what happens right. as a mm-hmm. control group, as yeah. as they put it. Um, yes. <laughs> the the arbitrary doing the passive aggressive. Wouldn't you like to go see Linter, your friend yes. again? <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. I. But 
I really like the way that I think um, I forget which of you said it. I'm sorry. I have no short term memory any longer uh, <laughs> that, that it kind of feels like a like a travelogue of like staying with a bunch of people like in a hostel. Like it, it feels like a tourist travelogue. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's just and, and like they're fairly open about it um, in like a very charming way. But because like basically the job of culture in these circumstances, special circumstances, <laughs> is is to just kind of go and be the ultimate tourists and just be like, well, what's it like here? Oh, interesting. You know, oh, mm-hmm. okay. You know, like what's what's this like? It's, Ooh, that's bad. Oh, well, right. well, that's that's pretty nice actually. Well, and it's I mean, interesting. I, oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. It, well, and it's interesting because like it's not just that they're like collecting data because it, as uh, Dizet, I'm sorry, how how are you guys saying that? Dizet, I think Dizet. Yeah, as as Dizet. Like clear that um, in her narrative that like the ship can like scan the whole earth and and like has everything ever you know in <laughs> in like a matter of like nanoseconds. What what they're really doing is kind of just getting the vibes. Like they're it's it's vibe tourists, you know. <laughs> they're, vibe, they're vibe checking her. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're asking us what set we're from. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> E.T. I, 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 I want to say, uh, Zenny Jardine, I believe, is also uh, a contact agent because that's that's even a culture name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, like, let's face it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that uh, you know that I approve of Linter you, using my culture uh, as his costume. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I can't believe him doing human face. <laughs> well, I, I also love the 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 tiny uh, details that are just peppered in when they're talking about like, well, you know, uh, a couple less fingers, uh, you know, this that, just a pass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's sort of funny because you're like, wait, how many fingers did they have? <laughs> yeah, hold I, on. <laughs> I think specifically they say they had to remove a joint from their fingers. And add a few more toes and then some general changes to their ears, cheeks, and nose. And they mentioned that uh, Diziot is a good three or four inches taller than most men um, on, mm. on on Earth. So so she's like probably six foot three or six foot two or something around there. Because I think I think like average male height is like five foot ten or so or like like five. Achy, like five nine. <laughs> um, yeah. She's she's a she's a large she's again again Severian we're like hello giant <laughs> giant lady <laughs> yes you must have exultant blood in you <laughs> that makes me very interested <laughs> um, yeah I I love I love how kind of like naive and goofy the culture crew is like mm-hmm. most of uh, so like Dizzy at Sma seems. Uh, she's she's a bit of a girl boss um in in like like she seems by far the most serious mm-hmm. out of out of any of them um and while she does get up to her own you know mischief and kind of idle leisure um it's it's nothing compared to the rest of the crew who are just constantly fucking around on like up mm. on the ship and goofing <laughs> off and having you know naked Go- swim parties and or, getting, or going and, going to their to their uh, the 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 <laughs> private theater that they going have. to the movies and watching Close Encounters the third time for the eighth <laughs> seven time. seven times yeah I I really liked um, all the pop culture bits in this I I like I like that um, the ship keeps using like pop like 
like con- then contemporary music and movies to be like slightly annoying. Like it plays uh, the song Serenade by Steve Miller Band and like synchronizes it so that when they talk about Dawn in the song, that that's when the sun comes up as she's being like airdropped back down onto Paris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, I, I gotta tell you though, uh, Dizette, Dizette, I can't say her name. Uh, just, Dizzy. just say Dizzy. Dizzy. They call her Dizzy. Dizzy. Yeah. Dizzy's got some bad taste in music. I gotta say Steve Miller band. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. That's a good no, song. I'm though. So- That's a good I'm song. sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. Cut, cut his mic. Cut his mic. Fuck it. <laughs> no, Get no, out of here. You're right. You're right. She does have bad taste because the most egregious thing in this entire story is not the anecdote about crushing a baby's skull. The oh, most God. egregious thing is when she goes to this, what sounds like a fucking amazing Parisian restaurant where they just give you a slab of meat and throw it on a grill in front of you and you tell them when it's done. And she's like, no, not cooked enough. Not cooked enough. She's doing like the Donald Trump thing of like, <laughs> she, she, no, yeah. she did she more, want, did a bit more. Did, did, she, did she ask for ketchup at the end? Yeah. <laughs> I was offended. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> bullshit yeah. to you, ma'am. Yeah. She ate that steak like super gray. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking well, she, she might have asked beforehand if they could just boil it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how we and that's that's the most advanced uh, cooking method. All advanced can, societies just boil all their food in the big pan. <laughs> can we talk briefly? Because I feel like this is one of uh, Banks's uh, like surreal moments. Because uh, as you're referring to um, Chris, the or, or Kurt, I'm sorry, um, the the way that the ship sends her down to Earth is none other <laughs> than in a Volvo. Yes, yes. yes. I'm yeah. like seventies red Volvo. Yes, yeah. I'm, it, I, I was like thinking of two things at the same time. I was like thinking, <laughs> do I remember like one of those space shuttle era? Uh, commercials for Volvo being oh. exactly that. And the second thing that I was wondering was, fuck, did Elon Musk do the fucking stunt oh, with the car no. because of this? I don't, I don't think he's read State of the Art. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's one of those people who reads like one book and is like, wow, I'm a huge fan. I'm a super fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> because because I, I – so so – I want to take a sidetrack real quick um, to to continue shitting on the grime song player of games um, <laughs> because I I watched the I, I it was thrust upon me some people some people aspire to grimes and others have grimes thrust upon them it was thrust upon me um, and uh, I was doing some some Google search involving player of games and the first result was the music video for it and it fucking sucks it sucks <laughs> it's like. She's playing chess against someone dressed in like a suit of armor. It is the most corny art station AI art (laughs) bullshit. Like it's it's like all of those Twitter, those like AI art Twitter account guys, machine learning art. Let's not say AI art anymore. We don't want to insult the minds. Yeah, exactly. It's the most like mid journey art. Like this is true art. Well, I mean, Bullshit. it's it's right it's right in the name, right? Mid, yeah. right? It's very give mid. Me, anyway, I just want to say, give me Steve Miller Band over fucking Grimes pooping on the culture any any day, any day, any day. <laughs> call me call me the fucking Joker. I don't care. <laughs> call me the gangster of love. You know what? I'll call you Maurice. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, re- regarding the Volvo, I love that the ship won't won't 
let her uh, embark before she puts her seatbelt on. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. It, th- that image also reminded me of like Repo Man, where I was like, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Blues Brothers, where mm. uh, when the Illinois Nazis drive off the uncompleted overpass and they're suddenly like like a thousand feet up in the air, and it falls out of the sky. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, so yeah, like she, she arrives in Paris on like the space Volvo. It's mm-hmm. great. I, it's, it's one of those t- touches that I think, um, I'm going to be looking forward to, uh, like banks describing other things in the culture that just are completely like incongruous. But at the same time, you're like, yeah, they could do anything. Fuck it. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't they fucking, you know, like, like, oh, a Volvo, it's, a, it's the, quote safest car on earth <laughs> so you might as well send her down in a volvo and how will we do it well fuck it we'll just put the volvo on the ship and transport her down like it's a spaceship why won't why not <laughs> we can cloak her too uh, it doesn't matter um so there there is a b- before she actually gets in touch with linter because she visits him so she she goes to visit his apartment in Paris and he's not there. Um, and uh, she basically like wanders around Paris for, for a little while. Um, and she winds up kind of stumbling on um, basically like, like uh, the, the, the monument, the, the memorial to uh, the, the, the 200,000 um, Jews who were deported uh two death camps from 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 Paris um after after the Nazis occupied um the city uh and had had uh, t- you know um invaded France and um she's just like completely floored and angry and upset um and i thought there was a really it, it, i i thought i thought that whole sequence was really interesting because it really just kind of shifts into like litfic essentially like like it, mm-hmm. it the the fact mm-hmm. the fact that she is is you know in a sci-fi narrative and she is a sci-fi character visiting from a super advanced society just kind of like fades into the background for the most part but it it comes back in what I thought was like a really honest and touching and sincere um sequence where she talks about how She's not just angry that humanity, you know, modern humanity can be so vile and cruel and horrible as to do something like genocide and all the other terrible things that that we do, but also that we we have that we we do it despite having the capacity to also recognize the, the vastness of the evil and build these these deeply human memorials to it and she's angry that humanity surprised her by having that capacity mm-hmm. because I, I think getting back to something that we talked about in player of games um this idea uh, and and again that very like ursula k Le Guin misused quote about you know we believe that evil must you know that that um like Evil that must only be evil, smart. And yeah, that only evil is interesting. Only evil is interesting, but but it's it's kind of it's 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 the same thing that Gerga realizes that this is a this is this is a complicated 
you know, fully fleshed out culture that is still does vile things, but they are they are not caricatures, right? They are they are humans. They grapple mm-hmm. with their own terribleness, but they do it nevertheless. Well, um, yeah, and she's think- angry. She's angry that we have the capacity to grapple with it, and that she can't merely think of us as dumb barbarians, basically. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and and the the plain, if I'm remembering correctly, um, the plain fact that afterwards uh, we we. Like as human beings, we don't try to hide that evil that we build monuments to it is also like something that's almost like an affront to her. Yeah. But then like the to your to your point earlier, Kurt, about the culture being goofy and weird and just like missing the point often, um, you know, like like from from a human standpoint, uh yeah, like she goes back and uh, was one of the 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 leader, you know, the the prominent uh, people in in the contact ship. Lee, I Lee, forget. yes, <laughs> tells her, "Oh, it's probably because you're used to all the the human monuments are all phallic, and this one was, uh, you know, it was very reminiscent of vagina because it's it's right at the right at the juncture of two rivers. I mean, come yeah. on, it's right there, and you're like, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah, it it, it felt all." So like um, when you talk to someone and they want to reduce everything down to like uh, a theory or some weird take that they have and you're like, no, that's not it. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point you're making, but it's not the one I'm making. I, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I, uh, well, I, I do. I, one more point I want to make about this thing because I want to talk about Lee a little bit later because he, he he annoyed me. <laughs> he, uh, the, but um, the, I I think um, disease like reaction to is and is like being shocked that not only do did humanity have the ability to perpetuate perpetrate this you know her, you know vile like horrendous act and recognize it as vile and horrendous, but also express or express it in an artistic form. Like mm-hmm. that, I, that was part of her taking aback. I thought was like that humanity had totally. this ability to, uh, you know, express all that just through, you know, architecture and sculpture and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, 100%. I also like, I, I hate to do this, but, but, like one of the things that I I really feel like so that's a genuine sentiment and I feel like I, I've never visited any any one of these um, you know sort of monuments or museums to you know the 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 Holocaust or whatever like that I'm I'm certain just from seeing pictures of of, of the places it's it's a very solemn and and sort of sobering thing but at the same time like I keep on thinking about like the current like how that's been used currently to sort of paper over doing anything is like well we'll we'll make monuments to to all the like for instance you know of what use is you know like something like oh we'll we'll make sure that we we read out the 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 names of trans people that are killed mm-hmm. you know blah blah it's like who cares about that? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Just do something about it. Mm-hmm. And and in that sense, that that's where I I turn around and and think like like dizzy is like no 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 that's not acceptable. Um, but but yeah. So so uh, also uh, I do want to point out, Kurt. Uh, I'm gonna ding um, banks for like 
why all this unnecessary stuff? Like, if, she, if if the story had been efficient, she would have gone in and met Linter right away, and they would have had the big, you know, the big conversation, and uh, you know, and get the plot moving. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and also, it could have been I don't know how how many pages is this? Like 150 or so, 100 and. 110, 120. Yeah, something like that. that. Something like that. Yeah, it could have been uh, 920 pages longer, too, mm. if you'd done that. You know, I mean, I, and and just plot, plot. We need some plot. This could yeah, have all been wrapped all up plot. in a moment. Um, but by I, the way, I have to say real quickly, um, there is a there's a passing reference in this story to a music video with a group in bright pink suits dancing mechanically to an unheard song. And I knew, I knew that this had to be a reference to a specific thing. And mm. I believe that I have found what it is a reference to. I believe it is a reference to the video for uh, the song Love Machine by The Miracles, which came out in 1973. And there is a video where they are all wearing bright pink suits and they are mm. indeed dancing mechanically. So I believe that it, that it is a passing reference to, to that. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, good song too, by the way. Yeah, that that is a good song. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's is that the, like the one that everybody knows, like the the Love Machine song. It's uh, like it's kind of like uh, like uh, Motowny sounding. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So my my I'm just question, the Love Machine, that one. Yes. Yep. Yep. I didn't. I didn't want to. I wanted to spare our audience my my <laughs> attempts at singing. Uh, the the. <laughs> Is there? Do you think there's a reason why the story is set in 1977 when it was written in the 80s, late 80s? Because there wasn't anything specifically 77 about the story that I picked up on. Um, I don't know. I, I was just a. Uh, um, I mean, there's, there's there's a bunch of pop culture that is that is is from that moment. Obviously, there's like Close Encounters. You mentioned Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I feel, I, you know, I didn't think about that, um, and I'm not sure. I, I guess maybe if I had to guess, it's either because uh, Banks had a particular connection to that moment for some reason. I'm not sure what he was doing in 1977, um, but uh, it, it maybe also because it's kind of like a. It's not a lull exactly, but it's 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 kind of like between eras almost, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. like the big news of the eighties hadn't quite started. You had a lot of geopolitical intrigue with like the oil crisis and stuff, but yeah, um, that, I, I mean that that would be my that would be my theory is that it's it's kind of like a it's it's not a low point exactly or like a lull, but it is it, it is closer to a baseline. Than something like the early seventies or or like the mid eighties, perhaps. I, I right. Guess is, it also might just be. Um, here's another thought, which is that if I were going to write about a moment, I think I would be much more comfortable writing about something that was about ten years ago. Yeah. Than I would in the, uh, something that was about two years ago, because I think yeah. about ten years after the fact, you've if not come to terms, I think it's been long enough that you've memorialized that moment in your head. And like, I can think about 2013 and be like, that was a different me and me was like this and world was like this at that moment. Whereas now I think I would struggle to do yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's a good I, point. 
I think I think to 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 build on that, Kurt. Um, I'm also wondering if um, he he was interested in, or he was worried that if he made it too close to the, his present time, that anything anything that would be a prediction um, or could be construed as one. Uh, would would then be dated or what have mm, yeah like like what if like uh like yeah like t- 10 years is, is enough time to comment upon an event and its outcome mm-hmm. as well exactly. uh, you know without without directly addressing it although i have to say the obvious answer is because that's that's when the culture arrived here this is 1977. <laughs> <Duh>. <Hey-o>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I forget that Banks was just simply transcribing, you know, That's just right. being, you know, taking the minutes from of the, the original Marine. Yes, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he just translated it. Uh, he added all these funky English words to it too, and a color with a I, U in it. What? Why? Why would you? All the bits of the drone complaining about uh, Dizziet's like language mm-hmm. and being like mm-hmm. she keeps using these impossible to translate terms and it's yeah. really annoying yeah <laughs> i i love that it's it, when you read the footnote it's that and it's like no i i, I fully understand that what 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 are you talking about <laughs> i also like I mean, the I, bit at the end where where the drone is like um also i have met the arbitrary and it is much more pleasant than she makes out <laughs> <in> this, this <laughs> <laughs> as one machine mind would say to another of course um oh my absolute favorite dings are um the drone complaining multiple times that she is confusing star trek style teleportation with <laughs> yeah. cl- with the culture's black hole based uh <laughs> m- movement and then and then there's a really great spot where she says that she's talking to one of the ship drones and the footnote says uh, actually Sma was talking to a ship slave tray carrying drinks but she thinks it sounds silly to say she was talking to a tray <laughs> <laughs> that is that is really funny because it it's the equivalent of like um like like that <sighs> It's such a uh, a funny um, thing to do because it's 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 like something out of a fairy tale, right? Mm-hmm. The animated, like everything's animated uh, and can talk to you. <laughs> she, it's like she's about, a, some sort of about, Disney uh, princess. <laughs> well, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Be our guest. It, <laughs> it's interesting that because this is not the only. Um, obviously we just read player games where he kind of does the same conceit of like the drone being like this overarching narrator. Um, and then, but using that as a means to, uh, like comment on this, the, the main narrative, but then also to kind of like puncture like the ego of the main character, like a bit, like, cause uh, like, like you guys mentioned, like the, the drone in this one is doing it basically just to like, you know, poke fun at like Dizzy's like inability to distinguish between the different modes of like, you know, t- teleportation versus the displacement and, and things along those lines. Though. And like it, it excuse it, me, Chris, it, this is simply setting the record straight. There is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's but, not trying to poke fun. No. Yeah. But it, I think it serves. It, it's a really, it's an interesting structure that, it, and it's also, um, it's fascinating. He, he did it twice within a re- relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's um, I feel like there's at least one other novel where where a drone is like, if not a narrator, then a meta narrator. But it's mm. not it's not occurring to me at this moment. But I think um, you're right. But I can't remember it now. I want to talk a little bit about Linter 
because mm. I really liked the evolution of the character. Um, because so first of all, we don't really see it happening. We see it in stages. So like when Dizzy at first meets Linter, he's living in this like he he's living in like a really nice apartment in Paris. He's driving like like a Rolls Royce Phantom or something. Some um, some absurdly uh, yeah silver car. silver ghost is it so, yeah something like yeah silver yes thank you yes um and she says uh oh it's it, it, it's funny because she kind of makes an excuse about it and says um you know the the ships actually encourage you like not to keep too low of a profile on earth because uh, she says western capitalism in particular allowed the rich just about the right amount of behavioral leeway to account for the oddities our alienness might produce but i have to say um <laughs> a rolls royce is like I think that Dizzy maybe doesn't fully understand how high end a Rolls Royce is. Like that's maybe a little bit too. Conspicuous. I mean, to, to be to be fair to Dizzy, um, you know, like what is it at uh, later on when Lee decides to have like a vote, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uncommented by the arbitrary uh, to become the captain of the ship. Where the arbitrary is the captain and the ship. Um, and when he loses, uh, he, he makes, he essentially makes him the fucking Arkenstone, right? It's yes. like a diamond, the, the size of two fists or some shit like that. And he, he, he's like, like Lee is really, um, touched by that and he's really sort of like stoked. And then like within two or three days, he's just sort of like, eh. He fucking he bombadils it. He yeah, he, yeah he 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 leaves it everywhere, and I think Dizzy mentions that she keeps on stubbing her toe on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Lee was very annoying because he, you, you've all met that guy who like yes. doesn't take shit seriously, and like not only that, but like he's like super corny and nerdy in his joking. And he's a fan. Like, Did you notice? Yeah. that he's a fan. The most annoying character is a fan. I love I love that because yeah, he's. <laughs> Um, at not, one not point, only a fan, he's a Trekkie. Yeah, he's a Trekkie. He's a Star Wars. Well, he he makes he he gets the ship to make him a lightsaber. Yes, oh right. shit. Um, he he's dresses, a super fan before super yes. fans existed. Yeah. Um, I love that. So, like, Banks is Banks is a nerd. You you know, like he was a nerd. So I'm pretty confident he knew that it was called a lightsaber and intentionally called it a light sword. A light sword. <laughs> which, which I loved. Um, and I hope that that was like intentionally sticking it to someone. <laughs> but um, well, I also, I also loved the the detail where everyone's like, wait, they had scabbards. I don't remember yes, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, also um, it's mentioned that Lee uh, is like dressed like Captain Kirk at one point, And he's like, mm -hmm. I would be the ideal Star Trek captain, actually. Um, and there's, there's a couple other fan things that, that he says that I, I'm not remembering, but like there's a there's a bunch of them. Oh, 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 uh, he wears um, he wears like the spacesuit from uh, from uh, 2001. Yes, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here laughing to myself because I'm also thinking about like Lee's conversation that we don't see. But I'm just imagining it, him talking to the arbitrary and saying, like, he needs to have a lightsaber. And, like, the, the arbitrary is like, look, we don't need lightsabers. We got perfectly good lightswords right here. We got mm -hmm. lightswords. I'll make you one. Here, see? Look, it's got a scabbard and everything. It's like, that's not the one. That's not the one. Yeah, the scabbard turns it off. See? 
I just, it, it just is really tickling me right now because of that. But also let's, um, Oh, oh, uh, one thing. Let, let's go back to Linter briefly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me let, let me finish my thought really quickly on on him, which is I, I I love that when we first see him, his he's got an apartment just filled with materialist shit. Like he's just <laughs> got fine art. Everything is super expensive. He's got Johnny Walker Black. He's got all this like fancy. He's driving a Rolls Royce, and then um he starts basically living like the earth dream essentially. And then the next time we see him, he's kind of like, he's like, he's like in a bad spot. Um, He's had, uh, he's had the ship like remove some of his culture organs. And and that like, we we basically see him like go fully native, lose out on like he, he, he forsakes the base. What he claims is the boring baseline. Um, of the culture for all the richness of earth, but that richness eventually basically like demolishes him, uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, essentially, but we see him go through all the different kind of like stages of earth existence from the high highs to the low lows. And, you know, like literally like, you know, bleeding out in an alley basically. So. Yeah. Like, like the second time that, um, that Dizzy meets him, it's in, is it, in Stockholm? No. It's in, dude, it's in the park with that big statue of the man fighting the babies. Oh, is that what it is? That's the statues. Yes. Uh, the, the Vigeland, I think it's in, it is. It's in, yeah, it's in Sweden, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, Oslo, it's, Oslo, I think they were in, right? Yes. Or, or is it Oslo? They, I'm sorry. We're looking uh, at the man fighting babies. Look, look, uh, look. <laughs> Norwegians and or Swedes that are listening to Potside Picnic, I'm sorry, I am <laughs> not interested in either one of your countries, you know, deciding to take uh, action against Podside. My mistake. Uh, but yeah, Oslo. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And the second time she meets him, he, he looks, she's like, Dizzy specifically says that he looks awful. And then that's when he, you know, like, essentially within minutes of them, being in conversation, he mentions like, yeah, like basically he asked the, the arbitrator to remove his glands. So he, he's not glanding anymore. Uh, I think that he I, I love the fact that um, I forget if it's in this one or in the next one. No, it's in this one because the next one is very brief. He They, they don't really get into it. Uh, it. Basically, he says, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I decided the, that I should keep, you know, uh, uh, basically keep my dick the right way, the same way, because <laughs> it's fine. It, you know, there, there's lots of differences here, so it's not going to look weird. Um, yeah, that was I. Yeah, they they take out the the looping mechanism in his balls. Uh, he 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 says. Um, but yeah, they they keep so, the so does the culture store the um, store it stores the, the, the pee, pee in the, in the balls? balls? <laughs> yes, they do. They store the pee in the balls. I have to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I mean, we do now know that that's that's the future. The pee will be it, it, if the pee is not now, it will someday. Uh, <laughs> 
God willing, be story. I mean, that, that's that's a sign of a of a superior, uh, you know, a superior <laughs> culture, where, right? Where do you st- where do you store the pee? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Far away. <laughs> anyway, in any case, um, and then the the last time I, I was laughing to myself because, uh, yeah. Kurt, you and I, you know, friend, <laughs> friend of us, uh, ours. Uh, I don't know that Chris has ever met uh, uh, Mario Coelho, uh, excellent writer, but also uh, Portuguese. And um, it, the the last the last time that Dizzy meets uh, Linter is in the place that Mario hates the most: New York City, mm. the Big Apple, folks. Mm-hmm. He hates it. I, I I can't say that he's I, I can't say that he doesn't have a point. It's just overused. Uh but I, I did love the way that um that uh Banks describes it. Uh let me see if I can find it. I think mm. I have it here. Hold on. He calls it like he, he's Grinderville or something like that, like meat grinderville or something. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean he his um the the part that really stuck out to me is like this was the soul of the machine, the ethological epicenter, the planetary ground zero of their commercial energy. I could almost feel it shivering down like bomb blasted rivers of glass from those uh, these undreaming towers of dark and light invading the snow dark sky. Uh, peace in the Middle East, the papers asked. Better celebrate the Bokasa's coronation instead. Better footage. I mean, he's not wrong. Like, th- there's a reason. Like, I think that it's very, um, very, st- very much still the case, right? That people believe that New York City's like the cultural and perhaps economic center of <laughs> the entire earth, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I mean, I think she's, it's, I think she's onto something, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and Banks is onto something through her, uh, in in terms of like it is, I think, like she describes Berlin as being the perfect idea of a city, but that New York City is the manifestation of like everything wrong with earth mm-hmm. basically it's all the it's all the awful shit just piled on top of each other and people trying to survive inside of it essentially so one of the things that i did not know about berlin and this is a uh, pre uh unification berlin yes um because the the wall hasn't come down yet and one of the, the details that i did not know is that the <laughs> what is it the underground is run by east germany the underground the, is is run by West Germany, and the 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 uh, the, the S-Bahn, the Strassebahn, basically like streetcars, um, I, I believe, are are run by uh, by East Germany. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah, that's it. And that just fa- sounded like I mean, that's something that sounds like it's something from another planet. And it was like, why did they come up with this idea? What's going on? <laughs> but also, I feel like it's it's like. You know, writing it in 88. Wait, when did the, the wall come down? Was it 84? 92, I believe. 91. 92. Oh, oh, the wall. No, the wall is. Uh, I don't know. It happened. I believe it happened during Reagan's uh, administration. 89. Yeah, 89. So it would have okay. been probably. It was around the time that this came out. So probably written before it came. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, late, he might late, be. Late he, yeah, he might be. Yeah. He might be pr- it's he's not making a prediction in the text, right? But he's writing with a tone that sort of uh sort of 
hints at things, right? Uh, and and it's such a, I mean, it's such a weird thing to to put into the book, which is like, it's such a writerly thing. I, I have to admit, like, I'll 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 I'll, I'll cop to one thing um, here, which is that. I have made a mental catalog of weird little facts, right? Little details about different places that I visit simply because it, it stuff that I would have never imagined stuff that makes, you know, like um, a place feel strange, right? Uh, I may have mentioned this before, maybe not to you two, but, but maybe to Pete, when he was uh, when he was with us, uh, that makes it sound like he's R.I.P. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Just not on the podcast. Um, but but uh, I think I I may have mentioned it before that um, you know I visited San Diego uh, several years ago, and one of the funniest things that I would have never thought in a hundred years uh, is that San Diego has parrots. And, and I'm like, oh, of course they they might have Paris because they fly up from like Mexico or you know like maybe they 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 cover a long a, a, a large area. But it's such a weird thing to be in a city that you would have never thought had parrots in it. And also, there's a weird um, cold war between the the parrots and the crows in the city. And you're mm-hmm. like, what, what the fuck is? What a weird thing to, you know, like this is a detail that is very strange to me, at least. And I would have never thought of it. Yeah. And, and also, I think it's one of those things that can make the world that you live in, you know, you as an, a, a reader or as the audience, um, feel uncanny and weird and, and sort of alienate you from it. I had that same, uh, that same thought reading this, or more specifically, I wondered if uh china mivel had uh read this at some point because i mean that's very much uh how the city and the city feels um mm-hmm. al- although it's it's honestly much more likely that he was just inspired by by berlin in a general sense um <laughs> but but i i it it did really yeah it it was it's a very striking um sequence uh mm-hmm. and like the in, the interpol the interpolation of different realities um, and I, I also like her her scathing comments about like Earth socialism. And she's like, this is the the best that like Earth socialism can do is something that feels like a theme park version of of uh, capitalism that they didn't have the imagination to do like fully. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I love the line uh, where she said money implies poverty. Yes, uh, that's that's such a, 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 an amazing line. Oh, dude, the, I I googled that because I was like, is that a Banks thing or is this like is is this being quoted from something like you know Earth Earth text? And it is a Banks thing. Um, it's mentioned apparently in one or two other other books. Um, but uh, it, when you search for it, you find a Quora answer mm. where somebody. Is so let me you know what let me just quote from it really really quickly because um it is a really funny uh missing the point um aspect. Here we go. So so somebody <laughs> I mean that, that said, that's just quora for you, Kurt. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, no, exactly. That, 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 that's why I say it's a perfect quora answer. Um so 
Uh, the question was, how does the concept of money imply that there is poverty in a society which uses it? Um, it the, the, the question doesn't mention banks specifically, but the answer addresses banks uh, d- directly. Um, it says, uh, let's see here. This is it, banks is mixing two very different ideas: the idea of poverty as an absence of wealth, and that of poverty as a relative amount of wealth. Any highly advanced beings would never say such a thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a funny missing the point. It's like no, yeah. you you're missing the point, nitwit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I, I mean. I, 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 I was I'm gonna... so glad that Google's decided that Quora is the thing that we're always Google searching for. <laughs> thank, the thank worst, you, the worst people on the, the 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 most naively confident people on earth responding yeah. to to questions by like seventh graders who don't <laughs> want to, to write do a their report. homework. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so so one of the things, and and, and this is a an interesting. Like, like uh, that, that quote, uh, is also a very dizziet thing, right? Where she, she gets caught up in this sort of binary, right? Like this idea that, um, if the, if X exists, it implies Y, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which I, I don't think she's wrong, but also is not necessarily like part of the point of, you know, it, it sort of misses, she misses the point too, right? Because Linter is not interested in that. In fact, Linter is almost a, a proto-Gerge, right? Uh, as a character. He, he's, yes. he, you know, when, when he finally confides in her, uh, like, he, I, I love that he, he goes fully human and I found Jesus and yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to go Roman Catholic. Yeah. Like, she's so going to go tribe Cath. I wondered about, about that at the end. And I, so it's very conspicuous that, um, in their last meeting, he says, let's go get something to eat. He looks very shabby. She, she says, mm-hmm. um, and he says, let's let's go to this restaurant. And he's taking her down an alley to a restaurant marked with a red cross. And I was wondering if he was if he actually is like basically homeless and was taking her to a soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and, and I don't know if I'm just reading too much into this, but something about that whole interaction felt felt very off. Um to, to to me it it's but it's 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 hard it's hard to say i could be reading way too much into it but i felt like there was something else going on there like he well, he seemed to me to be kind of to be kind of bullshitting her in an attempt to convince himself about something well so so i think that 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 works right um I, you know i i i don't know that i had caught that but at the same time i think it works right because um, when, let me, let me say this, I, I'm not going to generalize. I'm going to talk about myself. When I was at my most precarious, right. And thankfully that's, that's been, you know, knock on wood a while back, but when I was at my most precarious, the most sort of we- weirdly like, um, there's almost nothing I can do to get out of this situation. I was also the most optimistic and hopeful 
yeah, uh, you know, like type of person I've ever been. And I feel like so, so Linter's ex- exhibiting that same characteristic, um, which I think is great characterization, but also that's his, I like to a certain extent, that last conversation that he has with Dizzy is precisely trying to explain to her that that's exactly what humanity is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This idea that, you know, yeah, sure, things are, things are bad. Things are always bad, but there's always hope, you know, and, and the fact that there is this darkness that you recoil from is in part what makes people hopeful. Um, and it's really like, I don't know, it's really moving in a way because he, I think he really puts his finger on exactly the wound that we all suffer from, right? Mm-hmm. Well, not not only that, but the ship does the same. The ship points this out ahead of time. I think it's the ship. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. It says, yes. like, one of the most horrible things about this planet is that they have an answer to explain why every bad thing is actually good. That it is only that, that in fact – the the existence of bad thing he specific the, the ship specifically says they believe this nonsense about the existence of bad things is the only thing that makes good things good that you need that um you you need darkness for there to be light um and and uh linter says ex- exactly that in their final mm-hmm. conversation basically and and he says a bunch of other stuff too he says um, he he basically just dumps a bunch of like Earth ideology on her, and he says like a- actually most people here live very pleasant lives. Everything for, for, most people are fine. Most people, uh, but he doesn't say that. Like he he never actually says most people live good lives. He says most people mostly like you know the, I I I forget the exact term he uses, but it's something like most people enjoy their days. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's like like not that they don't suffer, not that they're not exploited. Um, not, not these, these like objective things that, that, that the culture is concerned about. Like, what is the harm that is being done? What is the consequences? Um, what is the ramifications of this action? But like, does it feel good or bad to me personally? And Linter's mm-hmm. entirely internalized all of the contradictions that the ship lays out. And it's basically like, like 10 paragraph uninterrupted, uh, monologue to, to, to which all that Dizzy can, can say is like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I do have something here because I'd marked a little bit before that. I do want to get into that in a minute, but um, but like, what is it? Uh, he uh, dizzy at the ship said it's voice sorrowful. That question, you know, the question is, uh, you know, like how long must we wait? How long must must we make them wait? Who elected us? Who elected us? God. Um, because Dizzy is like, yeah, we, we, we could really just yank them into, you know, culture level, uh, sort of like, I guess, post scarcity or whatever you want to call it exactly. You know, like they're, 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 uh, libertarian anarchist ways of being. What she uh, says is, is I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to keep them safe from us and let them devour themselves. I wanted maximum interference. I wanted to hit the place with the program Lev Davidovich, that's uh, Trotsky, by the way, um, would have been proud of. I wanted to see the hunted generals fill their pants when they realized that, that, that the future, in Earth terms anyway, is bright, bright red. <laughs> I, that definitely felt like Banks speaking through a character. Definitely, at, definitely. Yeah. Oh, why not? 
Yeah. I mean, you, you've got the platform. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, so yeah, your name's on the cover, brothers. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to point out that uh, another uh, funny thing, right? Uh, and, and I feel like Lee is the, is sort of like the, <laughs> I, I know where you're the going. Abs- I, was, I was excited to talk the, about this. The abs- absolute gesture of the entire the dinner? context. Is this group. about the dinner? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> where we get. Um, okay, so I'm going to read it because it, I, I don't want to. I don't want to muff the uh, the the punchline, right? Um, so uh, basically, he's this is his campaign dinner, right? And so uh, he waves his light sword vaguely at the table behind us. Most of you over there will be eating either stewed idiomin or general Pinochet chili con carne. Here in the center, we have a combination of General Strassner meatballs and Richard Nixon burgers. The rest of you have Ferdinand Marcos saute and Shah of Iran kebabs. There are, in addition, scattered bowls of fricasseed Kim Il-sung, boiled General Videla, and Ian Smith in black bean sauce, all done just right by the excellent, if leaderless, chef we have around us. Eat up, eat up. And uh, uh, to be clear to everyone out there listening, this is vat grown. They, they took a couple sample cells and they, they made meat <laughs> from that, right? And so I was reading to, this. To serve and, man. And, yeah, well, also, <laughs> also, I mean, this is basically, it's, it's not a, an exact analog, right? But as I was reading this, I was like a smile spread across my face, the way the Grinch smiles, because this was exactly like they're eating the rich. Literally. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. This is really stupid, but I'm imagining that it's, it's like the Simpsons gag where it's, you know, where like they keep wiping the dirt off the book cover and it says to to serve man and they they kind of wipe it away and it says to serve Edie I mean that's weird <laughs> what a strange book anyway <laughs> yeah you're, yes. you're right I didn't think about that being a literalized uh, eat the rich um and it very much it, it it very much is um I I liked Lee a bit during this but he is really annoying He's um, insufferable. insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. You yeah, owe me exactly. a Coke, Chris. <laughs> He's such a fucking pain in the ass. And again, it's so funny how corny it, it's it's like it it's clear that oh my god, this is <laughs> This is like the this is like the main character from a Scalzi novel as hair drops into, into well, a culture. He, he's he's the worst sort of nerd in that he's like a he's a horny nerd and he's not like not afraid of like talking about it. So yeah. like I like how um, uh, the the drone criticizes her for going back and forth between like British and American English, mm. and and is like uh, most of this is written in British English, but but a Brit would not have said horny; they would have said Randy. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so, Wait. oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Kurt. Oh no, I'm done. I was just gonna. I, I was just just going to mention that it, it is satisfying that that Lee keeps getting shot down over and over and over throughout the book. Basically, mm-hmm. yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, one thing uh, that I did want to point out, uh, and and I, it was something that popped out to me because I was re- reminded of 
the 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 intro uh episode that we did on the culture war stuff um regarding like why do and and your your article kurt um at bloodknife.com um uh where you know like you you were you broke down you know, or tried to explain why people like Musk and you know, Bezos are basically, you know, like big culture culture heads. Um, and and I had some some theories, but also right here we have it right. So um, right before uh, the ship sort of explains exactly, you know, like the the problems of Earth and whatnot, you know, the the ideology that permeates us. Uh, he says, um, or or. It says, uh, Dizziet, you know that's not true. We're talking about the next 10,000 years at least, not the lead time to the Third World War. Being able to stop it isn't the point. It's whether in the very long result it is the right thing to do. And as I was reading that, I was like, alarms went off in my head and and, and a voice said, long term ism. Hmm. And that is exactly sort of like this. I don't think that's where Banks was going with that, right? But it is a a a sort of tenet of long termism, right? Yeah, you're uh, you're right. Yeah, it, it's and and to anyone out there that that doesn't know what that means, right? Uh, and this is actually a very Silicon Valley um, idea, uh, and you'll you'll see why because I'm going to read the entry in Wikipedia. Long termism is an ethical stance which gives priority to improving the long term future. It is an important concept in. Dun, 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 effective altruism mm. and serves as a primary motivation for efforts that claim to reduce existential risks to humanity. Um, and, and to be clear, part of the, the, the ideology, uh, you can look it up, but it is about worrying about future people, which is a fine thing to worry about, but without necessarily giving anything to present day people, <laughs> or at least not particular types of present day people, you know, mm-hmm. people we don't want in that long-term future. Yeah. So I, I do think that it's there, like that's a, a perfect statement that Banks puts in there, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's like the intent between what Banks is saying and what uh, someone like Bezos or Musk or any one of those assholes in Silicon Valley is saying is very different and how the how that is executed would be very different. Hmm. Right. It's trying to, I, I there's, there's a part towards the end of that article where I I, I kind of make the point that it's like it, it, it's like trying to skip all the middle stuff um, of actually improving the world and, and just saying like, well, uh, in the future, for everything to be good, we need to have all of these things. So we will we will invest solely in trying to create these things. Well, like, what do they have in, in a super advanced civilization? Well, they have space travel. So let's invest in space travel. What else do they have? They have advanced medical technology. So let's let's make the best medical technology. They build all the stuff, but they never give it to anybody. They just mm-hmm. build it and keep it for themselves and say, look how advanced our society is is getting. And that that I I think is the Silicon Valley version of effective mm-hmm. altruism and long termism. Now now I I have a good friend um who is an effective altruist and he generally disagrees with 
the long-termist's ideology because his point is that you know re- real effective altruism is some combination of immediate goals and long-term goals and and to from i think from his point of view if to, if i'm trying to 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 represent it as fairly as possible he wants the effective to primarily be about the here and now so for, from his point of view it's about like well where should we invest you know money meant to improve the world that will improve the world the most. Now, his his outcomes aren't typically ones that I directly agree with either. You know, like he's he'd he'd be arguing for, you know, like a marginal improvement in the average pay on the African continent is a huge deal even if it doesn't directly impact th- these other things. So, our 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 view of the worlds diverge significantly, but I think that the 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 Musk Bezos view is, sign- is significantly perverted, where they're basically mm-hmm. saying like the most effective thing to invest in is something that nobody but us will benefit f- from for hundreds mm-hmm. of years, if not ever. It's just like well, um, it's it's very much like like the underpants gnomes uh, step. You know, step one, uh, build all this great great technology. Step two, question mark question mark. Step three, utopia. Um, <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it, it's it's the 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 bezos thing about like well yeah we'll 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 shoot all that uh waste into space and you're like <laughs> well one when is this gonna when are you gonna be able to do that <laughs> and two isn't that just basically doing another problem that we'll have to deal with later and, and three we we know for a fact that there are six culture satellites left in orbit up there so they will see <laughs> that shit and it's be like true, oh true. no you're not you're not fucking with space now that's that's a that's now an us problem <laughs> 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 throwing throwing the cosmic car batteries into the stellar ocean well, you know, let, let, let's be clear. Like, Arbitrary decides to chuck the, the giant diamond in the orbit of Neptune. So, hey, free you know. diamond. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, doing a little littering. It doesn't matter whether what the, what the, co- the actual uh, you know, relative cost of that, uh, that litter is, right? Um, but yeah, so, so um, I, I think that I, I was on the fence i'll say this i was on the fence because i wasn't sure throughout the narrative i wasn't sure if linter was going to succumb to disease or get cancer or something like that which would have been corny but it's fine um or if it was just going to end with him just staying on earth right and after everything said and done like i i i was wondering if he was going to die and uh, I do think that even though it sort of – it could have worked either way, I do think that Banks is really effective at sort of showing, like, how kind of tragic it is. Like, he decided that he wanted to stay here. And, you know, he who lives by the earth dies by the earth. Uh, in effect, he gets mugged and stabbed, I'm going to guess. Um Fatally in, you know, like, like you said, Kurt, going to what could have been a soup kitchen, um, you know, all the while, uh, like trying to uh, tell Dizier that, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go uh, watch Close Encounters, even though she's seen it seven times on the ship. Um, and, uh, you know, trying to sort of explain himself to her. 
mm-hmm. uh, because they, they, they were friends. And I, I guess he just wants her to understand why he's doing this. And so, I don't know. It's very touching. Um, I, so I think that the, I, I think that the logical reason is that, yes, he feels, I think he feels judged. Mm-hmm. And he is using her. He is using. He's got good her. instincts because he's definitely being judged. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, no. But, but, but I, I think I, I think he's not just being judged by her. I think he feels judged him by himself, and he's trying mm. to convince her by because I I think he 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 isn't fully convinced. I think he feels the need to do this, but I think he still feels conflicted, and so he's desperately trying to convince her because if he can convince her, then he can convince himself fully that mm. uh, about his his fears and rationalization but i think obviously on a literary level the it, it's because he's earth he mm. is the idiot making them making the mistake seeing he's he he puts Dizziet in the same position that earth is putting the culture he is insisting that everything is great this is how it should be even as it's destroying him and Dizziet has to effectively watch him die. So she, and and not only that, watch him die, knowing that she can try to save him, even as he begs her to to let him die, mm-hmm. basically. Which is effectively what, from the culture's point of view, the the Earth is doing, right? Like like it's 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 the ship's point of view that we need to leave the Earth be, and if. If the Earth gets better, then great, and but maybe they don't. And who are we to take away their their choice to destroy themselves mm-hmm. um, or not effectively? Well, and that that that's the same situation that that uh, Dizziet gets put in because she knows what is best for Linter, and she has the capability to help him. Possibly the ship kind of hedges and says, "Well, he doesn't." He would die too fast, and she says, "No, there's there's still like a couple of minutes. I could have done it." Um, and she ultimately lets lets him die, j- just as ultimately the culture leaves Earth alone, um, mm-hmm. somewhat somewhat ominously. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I I I think that you know, like the the fact that I was almost expecting it didn't detract from how sort of. It hits right. Um, I think I think he does a good job, uh, and, and like you said, he you know like like Linter is a very sort of conflicted character, and God, I love conflicted characters. He's mm-hmm. likable too, even though like it, it's it's funny. Like he's likable even though he doesn't really do anything likable, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of an annoying snit all the times that we meet him. He's he's mm-hmm. either got like coke energy like in the last encounter he's kind of like like in a weird funk in the second encounter in the first encounter he's like like a fucking obnoxious prick um Mm -hmm. but but like he's still uh, unlike lee he's like genuinely likable on some weird level that's hard to put your finger on precisely well i i you know i do wonder now that you you break it down that way, I, I do wonder if it's not simply Banks, you know, sort of leaning on the meta of the the narrative, right? That we are we know that he's supposed to be representative of Earth, and I mean, he he sort of really captures 
sort of the, the, the weird contradictions and shit that, that we, we know are wrong, but still sort of carry on because what other choice do you have? You know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. And, and to a certain extent, leaning on that is the, without tipping his hand is, I think, the, the main thing here. He's not trying to let you know that he's doing it. And yeah, I, I, I do think you're right. I think that we, we meet Linter on three different occasions. The rest of the, the narrative is a lot of, you know, as we said, sort of like travelogue, you know, like tourist shit, mm-hmm. a tourist journal shit, mm-hmm. um, which I say shit, but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, that it's all super well written. I, I just loved all of it. It, like I felt like I was on tour. Um, you oh, know, I guess at way, that moment in time. Go ahead. Oh, I'll just say one thing that we mentioned is that Lee argues that the Earth should be destroyed uh, by putting a a, a miniaturized a black hole black in the core of, of the Earth, so so that humanity has time to reckon with what it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this is, and to be clear, that's before Linter dies. Correct. So it's it's yes. not it's not like a revenge thing or anything. No, like no, He's no. Just yeah, simply like, no. yeah, we we should just fuck it, fuck them. Uh, I, uh, you know what? I, I'd be sorry to see the place go, but I, I'm not sure that I disagree. Sometimes, <laughs> ask me on ask me on another day and see how <laughs> I feel. Um, but yeah, like I. I I don't know. I, it, it's 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 a weirdly um, melancholy piece um, that is still fun to read, and it's like I don't know. It just it just does a lot of things within it, it, its short sp- space, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think Kurt, you said at the beginning, and I agree with you that this this is the most sustained comedic tone that of anything he's had, and yet he's still like you wouldn't even be able to tell it based on what we've just been talking about. Cause it's been so heady and it's been so, you know um, you know, just the big, the big stuff. And uh, it's, he's just a really, really good, um, uh, you know, master at balancing that um, between like the comedic tone while also dealing with, you know, serious philosophical questions. I loved the ship. Speaking of the comedic tone, uh, asking the BBC to play Space Oddity. Yes. yes. <laughs> being denied. And, and, and being denied and still being excited that he'd been denied. Yes. And yeah. thinking that it's really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Chris, I, I, I agree. Like, it's it's one of those stories where it's like, it, it's just like a little showcase. It's almost like a trailer of like, here's all the different ways that banks can can write. And it's, I like the little subsections that it's divided up as and each one kind of has its own tone to it. I I like the fact that the drone says that he he added in um uh the the drone's name by the way is Scaffin Amtiska um and he 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 is also featured uh in uh, but both Dizziet Sma and Scaffin Amtiska are are the culture point of view characters um in uh Use of Weapons which is the the book after player games that we we will not be reading but it is my favorite culture novel and and you p- people ought to read it I, I i will say um but uh the, the the drone very intentionally adds subject uh chapter subheads um that are named after uh 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 general contact 
unit ships, which were manufactured by a, like a, a, a particular ships? shipyard. What's that? A GCU, um, which is the the contact units. The the GSUs. I I, 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 I said GCU. Okay. Yeah, so, I wasn't yeah, sure so, if it's a so, GSUs. GSVs are the super like mega giant continent in in space ships, and a GCU is is kind of like the culture version of the Enterprise, where it's like primarily it's 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 got combat capabilities, but it's not primarily a warship. Mm. Is is what the GCUs are, um, uh, but but the the drone mentions at the end that i named all the chapters after uh ships manufactured by these particular shipyards that she shit talks in the story <laughs> I, I i love also that he signs like you said scaffin amis amtiska parentheses drone comma Offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and parentheses. I love that. <laughs> it just reminded me of like the, the current uh, trend of like <laughs> weird complimentary. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, so I guess we should probably wind things down. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I have any final thoughts. I just really liked this piece. And, and, and to your point, Chris, um, I do agree that this is, uh, and, and Kurt too, uh, this is, this does seem to showcase like, um, sort of like how banks can sort of like shift tonally, uh, from one thing to the next, uh, and, and not really lose you. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it really is sort of like a weird tour de force in a hundred, a hundred odd pages. Yeah. I, I don't think I would want to read an entire novel written like this. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, be, like i mean honestly i would but but uh i i prefer i i think it, it it works well as a novella um because i i i think like to to sustain that that comedic tone i think it, it would be very difficult to keep the balance between the two um and to not have it just feel like overly silly um and i i think it would have gotten to the point where it it would have needed more stuff going on and i don't know that more stuff would uh would have added to it um mm -hmm. but yeah yeah and um do, do if if we're done with stuff to say ab ab about the book i was going to talk a little bit about what we have coming up in like you know a minute a mi in the next minute or two i'm not going to go on for like 10 minutes no, sure, we're already sure. at yeah, like an hour 25 um so so this this I was expecting this to be more of a beer run, but it kind of just became like a conversation, which is which is good, honestly, because this is a good story. Um, but so uh, we are at our our I guess our theoretical midpoint um, of uh, of our 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 culture war series, and actually very close to the actual midpoint because uh, Accession, the next novel that we will be reading, um, starting I'm guessing sometime the next two or three weeks ish, uh, is is about 150 pages longer uh, than Player of Games. And this novella was about 150. So I actually think we, we, we are at this moment, at the end of this podcast, uh, at the pretty much the precise midpoint. Um, so we will be starting Accession in the, in, in the very near future. Um, so keep an eye out for that starting. Uh, but 
we are also um, in the next couple weeks. It was going to be two weekends from now, but it's probably going to wind up being three due to scheduling issues. Um, we will be speaking uh, if everything works out well uh, with um, pr- uh, Ian Ian Banks, biographer, uh, former Hugo, and I believe Nebula nominee Paul Kincaid. Uh, who is a uh, a a British uh, sci-fi critic who um, was recommended that we reach out to uh, by our our good friend um, and uh, supporter of the show and and buddy on Discord Will, um, and uh, he will could be coming on at some point in the next few weeks to kind of talk about about Banks the person. Um, he published uh, I think back around 2013 or 2014. He he published uh, I, I I lie 2017. Um, he published uh, a a longish biography of Banks's uh, career and and life, um, and uh, it's I, I've been reading it. It's very interesting and it's very good, um, and uh, I'm very excited uh, to get him on the show to 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 talk about uh, Banks as a person. Um, so you have that to to look forward to in in the next couple of weeks, um, as well as uh, beginning accession. Um, so. That's what's coming up, and I'm very excited to get to it. And I just wanted to thank YouTube, by the way, for for going along with this cockamamie scheme and and uh, for gamely reading and or re- rereading these books and uh, novellas. So mm-hmm. it's it's a crazy plan, but it just might work. <laughs> <laughs> and and thank you also to listeners um, for coming along on this culture war. And I hope that you are enjoying it. And if you're not, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> we'll, we'll fucking fire you into the sun, culture style. All right. Well, I think that that is an incendiary, literal uh, way to end the episode. So uh, thanks, gents. Uh, Kurt, thanks for, for uh, recommending this. This is a, a, a brilliant read. And to everyone out there, thanks again for listening in. We'll catch you next time here on Pondside. Oh, 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 oh,